The Numinous Podcast with Carmen Spaniola. Hi there and welcome to the Numinous Podcast where we have interesting conversations with everyday folks about the mystery of life. I'm your host, Carmen Spaniola, joining you from the lands of the Lekwungen-speaking peoples, the Songhees and the Esquimalt First Nations, recently known as Victoria, BC, Canada. Mimi Young is here again. In 2020, she was here and we talked about intuition and tea and plant medicine and working with ancestors. Today, we're talking about animism and numerology and her relationship to the word witch and what we might have in store as we move through the belly, the middle part, uh, and then into the second half of Yang Water Tiger Year. And then we'll move into a yin water rabbit year in early 2023. Mimi Young is a Taiwanese-Canadian animist, spirit medium, and the founder of Ceremony, which is an esoteric brand focused on imparting practical, ancient wisdom so folks can actively receive support from spirits and break negative patterns and celebrate their path. Mimi works at the intersection of animism and Wu shamanism, ancestral wisdom, dream work, and other Chinese mystic practices to communicate with the unseen. She offers private readings, education and mentorship, and made-to-order skin and aura care. You'll want to check out the show notes afterwards uh, at numinouspodcast.com so you can see all those courses and things that Mimi mentions in this episode. This episode is packed with wisdom and just good information for all of us. So the first time you may just want to listen and maybe you want to listen more than once. So the first time, just let it like wash over you, let it permeate you. And then maybe the second time, take notes. (laughs) But for now, enjoy the show. So Mimi, it's been a minute since you were on the show. We should probably update your answer to this question. So what identities do you lead with? Oh my goodness. Um, I love how you asked that because it's been a while (laughs) that I've really thought about that. Um, I would say lately I've been using the term animist, spirit medium, and occultist. But additional identities that I feel that are also very important in in my work, I mean, may not show up in that way, um, but it's it's the identity of mother. Mm. It's the identity of future... um, future crone, like baby crone mm-hmm. even. Um, <laughs> and, and these are, yeah, these, I'm looking at these timelines a little differently than let's say the way I did even like two years ago. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. When you say baby crone, okay, well, let's set the stage here. So how old are you? And we, we talked about the crone last time, but like what's making you feel like you're moving there? Okay, so I'm 43, and I'm starting to experience some perimenopausal changes. And understanding that that whole process can take, you know, in excess of 10 years, I, and I don't exactly know where that very last egg, when that last egg is going to trickle out. Um, But knowing that I am in this transition point between uh, the mother or matron archetype, stepping into crone archetype, um, and, and just becoming familiar with that, um, mm-hmm. and, and learning, learning mm-hmm. about what that means. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What about the term witch? Is that a term that resonates for you? Or is there something else that kind of better fits your spirituality? Yeah, witch is such a loaded word, especially in English. Um, I feel it's a bit different, let's say, in Mandarin, um, where it literally means uh, occultist crone. That's mm-hmm. really what, you know, we were to translate the word upo, um, that's that's what it means. Um, or even shamanic occultist crone, to be, to be really specific. Mm. Um, I think in English, would it be okay before I even answered that? question that I defined a few terms for sure I feel, like, I feel it kind of helps helps us understand what which means for me sure so uh, let's start off with the term spirituality mm-hmm. um, I would define spirituality as inner transformation and outer change mm-hmm. it's the two um, I also want to define the word magic Mm-hmm. Of course, a lot of times that sh- that term shows up for witch. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that magic is the exploration of likely and unlikely connections, the awakening as well as the mobilization of these connections, mm. and uniting them with the seen and unseen energies towards renewal, towards regeneration, towards change. Mm, I really enjoy how you're sort of um, making explicit the spectrum or connection between these polarity, these like polarity energies. Thank you. Yeah. And then the last, I guess, term to define, uh, which associated with which is coven. Mm. Exactly is a coven. Um, for me, it's a communal space for the consideration and cultivation of education transformative experiences, and co-applied united magic for the purpose of change. Co-applied united magic for the purpose of change. That's a beautiful definition. Thank you. Thank you. Um, (laughs) So yeah, so in that context, I feel that witch for me is someone who stands in these overlapping spaces of Mm. spirituality, magic, coven. Um, And yeah, that would make me a witch. Oh, that's exciting. Now, you said that in Mandarin, you, you added shamanic as well. And so can you describe the what was the word pua for which? Upua. 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 Yeah. How, Upua. How, yeah. yeah. Can, you, can you flesh that out a little bit? Why shamanic and what does – like define right. shamanic then. Yeah, I know. And, and this is actually, it's not even the perfect translation. So so let's start off with, with the two characters in Mandarin. So there's mm-hmm. Wu and there's Po. Po is a little easier to define. So we'll start there. So Po is crone. Um, and sometimes, depending on how it's used, if it's combined with another character, it could even uh, mean, uh, for instance, like the, the grandmother, it doesn't have to be like biological grandmother, but, but yeah. Okay. So just gotcha. kind of have an idea of what the poor means. Um, uh, Ooh is it's, it's shamanic. It's animistic. It's occultic. It's magician. It's, it's all these terms because in ancient Taoist, um, culture, there there was no separate distinctions um, and that one word um, very concisely summarizes it all. Mm, mm. Uh, in English, it's, I feel like there's these 
very dis- like they they're seen as separate disciplines almost. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, ooh, it it really is all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, one sees it as these like multiple hyphens, but it's it's the same thing. It's a, mm-hmm. it's it's under one thing, mm-hmm. and it's this crone that embodies it. Mm-hmm. She's nice. the witch. Yeah. And then what about animism? How do you define that? I love how you asked that. I have a few different definitions. Um, So I would say like in that more like intellectualized definition or like, you know, a little bit more like formal language, I would say the cosmos is alive and intelligent and comprised of many different sentient beings or degrees of sentience. And humans are one of the being types within it. Um, So in other words, the universe does not exist for humanity's exclusive pleasure, Mm. exclusive convenience, exclusive opinions, or exclusive survival. Mm. Um, So, you know, to simplify it, animism to me is about decentering the human perspective. And to really simplify that, what I sometimes say to my boys is animism is realizing that it's not all about us. <laughs> That's a great way of putting it. <laughs> I fully agree. I fully agree. So at Witches New Year, October 15, 16, that's the weekend, and you're going to be on um, leading a session on the 16th on Sunday. You are going to lead a session about animism and numerology. So can you give us a, an overview? Like those, those seem like disparate topics. How do they come together? So... If you look at the world through that realization that it's not all about us and that everything is alive, then numbers also hold um, a lot of meaning. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, it's not just simply something that is practical or as a way to convey measurement or to document, which are all very, very important. Not, not saying that those things are not sacred, but there's also more to it than that. Um, I feel that with numbers, there's a lot of mythology and storytelling that can be told, especially mm. through the Taoist lens um, and how if one can relate with numbers as, as friends, as teachers, as allies, um, then they can play a very active role in our esoteric work. So that's the kind of stuff that I'm really excited to share about um, and to help folks see that, you know, numbers contain a lot of power um, and um, a lot of lessons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you a question about intersectionality yeah. with this? Yeah. So you're talking about a Taoist lens. And so how do you carry, hold, frame this when you are teaching white people like me? Like, is it appropriative to be like, oh, I'm going to do like a Taoist numerology on my whatever, you know, like how, how do, how can we carry this in a good and like reverent way that feels more like um, appreciation than appropriation? Um, I would say that by me sharing the essence of my own culture and upbringing and how, uh, 
how animism, how Taoist, uh, how all these perspectives show up in the day-to-day. Um, I'm inviting folks to see it beyond just the lens of Taoist spirituality or a Taoist belief. Um, they see it a lot more integrated. And so a lot of time in my work, I, I have a really hard time even naming some of my offerings. Like I, mm. I have a hard time. Um, I might have a name for it, let's say, you know, like Mystery Mentorship, which is like like a five-part uh, long-form series. Um, and then like, okay, fine, there's a name, but then there's like the subtitle. And it's the subtitle that I find very difficult because I, I notice that I become really wordy. And mm. it's because... Um, English oftentimes lacks the words to succinctly Mm. convey these things. But really what it is, is when people walk with me, um, especially more through the long term, they start seeing that I'll reference things and how it shows up again, how this shows up again. And they realize that it's so woven into every aspect of life that, and that they, they, they cannot, help but be in reverence Mm. and when they are in that state of reverence they very very much start uh challenging their own perspectives that they grew up with whether if it's like through the school system or through like just you know mainstream society or um familial upbringing or whatever um and whether you want to call it uh decolonizing or deconstruction um, there is a breakdown that occurs, mm. and that breakdown, I feel, is really the point of my work, period. Um, mm. And I, I wound up, my, my website wound up, I had to sort of like ask myself, like, what is it do I do? And, and I wound up coming up with these words, ways of knowing and ways of unknowing with the unseen. Mm. Because I feel like so many people are drawn to the knowing. It's like, I want to be more intuitive, or I want to be able to you know, hear my guides, I, or I want to be able to make positive change through magic. That's a lot of times under the umbrella of knowing. Mm-hmm. And in Taoist, that would be called uh, the foreground, or mm-hmm. the positive space, or yang. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's also the unknowing. The unknowing is like the negative space, the background, the yin. Mm-hmm. And that is just as important. Mm-hmm. Um in magic worker, witchcraft, or whatever you want to call it, as everything else. Mm. Um, I, I say that, I've said this a few times, in, in art school, I have an undergrad in um, in design. And so in art school, uh, one of my instructors had said, in the West, we are told that perfection or completion is there's nothing left to add. Mm. And then he pauses and he's like very humbled by this and then what i've really realized is that in the east this ancient sort of older part of the world says completion or perfection is there's nothing left to take away Mm. Mm -hmm. and to me that's very very taoist it's like this Mm. this reverence of the unknowing of the unseen the yin the the background the negative space Mm. to me i feel when that is in integrated in work, um, it it really does help provide at least some provisions to mitigate against appropriation. Sorry, it's a long-winded answer. No, it was a beautiful answer, and of course, it's it's gotta ha- it's gotta have nuance and background and context. So thank you, yeah, thank you for for sharing that perspective. 
okay, so can we kind of get down to brass tacks? Because we're getting into this, like, you know, this autumnal season. And well, first I want to ask you, like, how do you feel about fall? I love fall. I, I don't know why I love fall. <laughs> um, I I feel that it's a season where I I very naturally begin engaging in much deeper listening. Mm-hmm. Um, the the earth around us is transforming, and it prompts me to just tune into that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I. It's also a time where. You know, I, I used to ask myself, is it because September symbolizes a new year for school age children um, or even to a certain degree um, folks in post-secondary? You know, September is this like big, pivotal month. Um, so it feels like a new year. But then it's also, of course, um, we're, we're entering into a new year for for many ancient traditions. Mm-hmm. 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 For sure. In my lineage, the Scottish tradition, um, what what today we would call New Year's Eve is what we would also call Halloween. <laughs> so it's like that's the beginning yeah. of the, the year. So uh, my friend Dee said it really well. She said, yeah, you can like the days are shorter. You can feel the day dying earlier and you can feel the year dying. And I was like, ooh, it's so poignant. It's so true. You can just feel the culmination and endings of things. But for me, I also feel the possibility of and the the germination that happens in the dark time. So I'm very excited about it. Can you speak a little bit about some of the themes you see in the weeks ahead as we close out 2022? from a numerological perspective, the animism of numerology and these concepts of like change, which I've, I've read um, either on a post or a newsletter that you said like that concept is really up in September, October, and then the same but new, which is a theme that's alive until January. What, what are you seeing? Yeah. Um, so change change that which is really the energy that um for the folks who are tuning in um to this uh, podcast when it airs uh it's really about september and october and it's not to say that there won't be change later on but you're going to feel it most amplified during this time um and it's very much not only because the season is changing and it's like you said things are germinating the days are shorter nights are longer but it's because of this particular year that we are in, uh, which is the water tiger year. Mm-hmm. Um, the water tiger year, uh, if you were to compare, and I talk about this in my uh, Chinese astrology two-part um, e-course, if you were to look at the year as the shape of an animal, and so the start of the lunar year as the head of the animal, and the end of the lunar year as the hind of the animal. So whether mm-hmm. if it's like their uh, their their tail or their hind legs or even their 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 bottom, like it's it's mm-hmm. it, it really depends on the animal. Because we are now um, a little bit halfway through that midpoint, we are essentially in the tiger's belly Ooh. and bowels. Okay. 
these are changing parts of the body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're digesting, is, right? Trans- yeah, we're, we're digesting, we're releasing. There, there's mm-hmm. a lot of this kind of stuff that we energetically are experiencing because the tiger is the custodian of this year. Um, it's not always this case every year. Some people may feel massive change in a different month, depending on the whatever animal that is the custodian of, of that particular year. Mm-hmm. But for the tiger year, it is it. Um, mm. And so it's belly, bowels, um, there's going to be change. There's mm-hmm. going to be change. Um, and then once it releases through, um, it's the tail that kind of helps balance again. So mm. the tail is then helping us navigate some of the, the, the results of that change. Mm-hmm. Um, and so some of that will be the same. Mm-hmm. And yet everything that is the same will also feel new because we have, we've passed through the nutrients, we've passed through the waste, we've passed through a lot of energy that um, Tiger had taken on earlier this year, which is very fast, very accelerated, very conflict-driven, very FOMO, very um, aggressive energy, and it's starting to sort of like settle down. Um, there's always, there's this expression um, in Mandarin where a Tiger year, come, like it starts with a bang, ends with a whimper. I mm-hmm. took a wild cat. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that is really what the same but new means is like we're coming back, but we're we're different now. We've learned. Mm-hmm. Um, we we've we've changed. Mm-hmm. And yet the same people are most likely in our lives. We're probably in the same sort of dynamics um, in, you know, perhaps in work. Um, even if we changed work, the dynamics still remain very much the same. Mm-hmm. But we are new. We are made anew. Wow. I so relate to that. That's been my year like a thousand percent. And when I was first reading about the water tiger year, I could tell, I was like, oh yeah, this is like, I'm like, I'm coming in kind of tidal wave. And then I'm like everywhere kind of surround sound effect, but it's going to settle. And, um, but the essence is still there, right? Like, like you said, the nutrient, like the, 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 the best or the essence or the nutritious, the nourishing parts that were there before that have like gone through that process of release. I can, I can sense them still like I'm holding onto them tighter. And when I think of the tail, especially with felines, they're such an indicator of mood, emotion, you know, like <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. They can, they can indicate like irritation, like swat things away. They can also be in that alert repose, but there's so much information about the emotional state of, and like how balanced that is. And, and also sending signals of like, okay, world, <laughs> you know, if you're paying attention, this is the real me. And yeah. um, I, wow, I, I'm really inspired by that. That also helps me kind of locate myself. How many more months do we have of tiger year then? Because is it the spring equinox? Is, or what? When is it's actually a little earlier this upcoming February? lunar new year? Um, it is January twenty second. Oh, January. Okay, yeah, Sunday. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's it's it's quite early compared to previous years. Okay. Um, and that's really where that same but new is. It's going to stretch all the way until then. Okay. Um, and then there will be a bit of an overlap. We'll start feeling some of the following year's um, custodian, which is uh, the yin water rabbit. Um, we'll start feeling it a little bit. Um, if, if you're really, really in tune and sensitive, you might even feel it as early as a winter solstice. Mm-hmm. But most of us are probably going to start feeling 
just some just some notes, some little whiskers, so to speak, um, mm. of the rabbit uh, in January. Yeah, I know. Okay, I like, that's I like so great. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay, so so what is water rabbit like? I'm already. I just want to say I'm already feeling like tingles because we just um, in the Numinous Network we just did intuitive planning for the year ahead, and when I like did my twelve cards, I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm glad I like made hay in these last oh. two years because this is a, a much more there was a lot of um high contrast with black and whites there was the colors were all blues and greens the figures were all quite solitary and i was like and there was a lot of kind of um water and air and i was like okay so i guess it's the year of being a writer like i was like what's happening here i'm not quite sure but it did feel like there was a restrained energy or just like a, it, it's pretty contrasting with my with my yang water tiger energy that I've had so what is water rabbit like yeah I'm curious what deck did you use oh I blended um we blend all of our decks together oh, okay. so I use my pendulum and um I guess I had about seven decks that I was using okay and they, it was a blend of oracle and tarot okay cool yeah wow. that's that sounds so fun by the way um <laughs> I love it and you're right it's it's actually that, okay, I, I'm going to give you a little bit of a context, which is a little bit also of that Chinese astrology um, parts one and two that I was referring to. I won't go deep, deep into it, but I'll just, it'll just help provide your listeners a bit more just context. Yeah. And we can link to all of this in the show notes so people okay. could take the course. Yeah. Okay. So um, there's 12, 12 animals in the Chinese zodiac. Um, they go through a cycle each through the five elements. Um, and in, in Taoist work, um, there's five elements, not four. Um, and so they each get a chance to go through this. So the wheel, so to speak, is 60, mm. 60 cycles. Okay. It, take, it takes 60 years. Um, and the cosmos likes balance, likes to uh, create some form of adjustment when things change. Um, it's like, you know, energy's never lost. It's, it's just transformed. So if there is a young water year, it means the following year, there's going to be a yin water year. That's, that's mm -hmm. just sort of how it works. And that's how the order of the animals are arranged. Mm -hmm. um, they're young, and then there's a yin, and there's mm -hmm. a yang, and there's a yin. And a lot of times what happens is whatever the yang um, does in the preceding year, the yin will do its best to balance out, or sometimes I say to clean up the mess. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, feel called know. out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not always cleaning up, I should say, but I do find a lot of times it is. Okay. And I say this because we're a very young culture here, and mm. you know, in actually, really much of the world now because it's so industrialized, mm. but especially in the West. We're so hyper young. The yin years are functioning as cleanup um, mm. or as reparation. Mm. And so we, we know at least so far what's happened in this particular tiger year. Uh, rabbit years are years of refinement and restraint. So it's mm. interesting that you talked about restraint. Mm -hmm. It's about returning to good manners. Mm. It's about diplomacy. It's about slowing down. It's about graciousness. It's about persuasion, not force. Mm. Um, it doesn't mean that 
folks who have strong wills will no longer have strong wills. But it means that very likely you will feel the need and you will benefit from pausing, observing, and then responding. Not with the same kind of urgency or reactive nature that the tiger typically would impart on the collective. Mm. Um, it's a year where most uh, most water or most rabbits in general um, are, are they, they don't like to make waves. So they might have an opinion, but they may not say it in the most obvious way. Mm. Um, so, um, and you'll see, depending on the kind of year and also the kind of year it was before, what's how rabbit wants to show up. Um, I found that with rabbit years, it's a year where, and this is good and bad, you know, take it or leave it, um, where because there's a return to diplomacy, where sometimes people don't really want to hear or talk about those unpleasant things. Mm. Because folks are tired and folks mm. are a bit frazzled by the tiger year. Mm. They, they want to regulate again. Mm-hmm. And so it may be one of those years where, where things are, are inventoried, but not necessarily addressed. Mm-hmm. Or if it is addressed, it's addressed in a way where it's a bit more thorough mm-hmm. and where it's more about finding where we can, where can we land on commonality rather than saying what is wrong. Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds nice. <laughs> that yes, sounds really yes. nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And yet, you know, it can also, you know, the, 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 the sides perhaps that are a little bit less desirable at times would be, it may be a year of procrastination or complacency mm. um, because of that, un, you know, that, 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 that reservation towards okay. wanting to make waves. Okay. Okay. So it's it's not necessarily good or bad, you know, rabbit. Um, but you say nice because probably because you've experienced such um, an activity filled tiger year. Mm-hmm. You're like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I do want to go slower. I do want to take my time to make decisions. I, mm-hmm. I do want to, you know, yeah, yeah. I um, want less tasking. Less tasking. Yeah. I want less sort of like scoping out sensing what's I want less outward kind of stuff I, I want to go into my burrow a little bit yeah yeah <laughs> you won't be entirely though Carmen I'll do a quick little like reading for you right now is like next year like the next lunar year is really when your discussion around regulation is going to be in high demand because mm-hmm. that's what folks are really looking for mm-hmm. they're going to they people don't know how to rest and people I, don't know how to engage in leisure Mm. and it's so it's folks like you and for any folk like anyone who wants to hold space um that will be a theme Mm -hmm. that makes sense we can all learn together I'm a person who like I'm actually very comfortable with having waves of activity and then waves of non-activity I actually am comfortable with that but it takes me like many people like me a little while to kind of um shift the set point of yeah. my activity metabolism. It takes it a little while to like come down, <laughs> you know, right. yeah. but then once I'm down, I'm like, oh yeah, I could just be 
in the garden. I could be with my pumpkin. I could be with my dahlias. <laughs> I could be with my I just every day. My pumpkin. I, I know. Pumpkin. I love your pumpkin so much. Thank you. Thank you. Me too. I, I, I could be with roses. I could be with my seedlings. I could be with my wheat weaving. Like I can, I really can just be in and, and just for me you know, yeah, like just yeah. for me, it doesn't, though it's funny. Um, you know, that saying of like, oh, if it's not on Instagram or TikTok or something, did it even happen? It's right. kind of like, listen, I am my biggest TikTok fan. I watch my TikToks. <laughs> I watch it so I can enjoy, you know, like I can't wait to be like, oh, I'm putting up garlands. I'm getting video of me for like Yuletide so that I can watch and be like, look at that pretty garland. Like I, I, to me, that's creativity and fun. And I, and I don't need my stuff to be seen by others necessarily, but it is really beautiful to share in it. But I would like to do more like, okay, and now our wave is settling. (laughs) And now we're all just gonna, you know, like here's us doing, well, like, you know, I'll be doing stuff like candlelight therapeutic tremoring, you know, that kind of stuff, you know, just like, yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff just sounds super appealing to me. So totally, thank you for that insight. I I, I totally love what you just said about the candlelight tremoring. Mm. Um, Yeah, rabbits are very attracted to beauty and pleasure. Mm. Um, And so, so that will be part of it is how beauty can support rest. Mm. Yeah, how, how, yeah, how beauty and leisure are, are linked. Oh, um, I love that. And, and I love how you say that you create your TikToks for yourself because <laughs> it, it, you know, it's so funny. It's, it's actually a shame that, that the world would kind of define that as like maybe narcissism, but totally to me, vain, totally vain. That <laughs> to me is returning to the inner child is like, the pure pleasure of doing and of being it's like, when was the last time you ran for the pure exhilaration of that feeling of running? Totally. Like you don't yeah. do that anymore. Yeah. And to create for the, for the pleasure of creation to, 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 and then to watch it after. Yeah. I think that's, that's really, really beautiful and, and, and very rejuvenating. I find it. So I find my mirror neurons start firing. I get happy again. Like it really is. I'm reliving that moment. And yeah, absolutely. I can see how it's narcissistic, but I think that it tips into narcissistic. Someone on the outside, I'm saying. Right. right. But, but I can see how, like, of course I understand how social media can, um, converge with our biggest insecurities and make us, you know, really care about how many people are watching, how many people are following, how many people like all that stuff. But that's just not what I'm doing. I literally am just like, I want to relive that moment because that that was so good. You know, can we talk about your creative self for a moment? Okay. First, when or where do you feel most creative? It's funny because I feel that when like when I'm inspired it it's like I can't plan it. Mm-hmm. You know, like I for me it's not this like 10 step thing where you do this and do this and then boom it happens. Um a lot of times it just happens when I'm not expecting it. Um Yeah, so for me, I've realized that because it's happening when I don't expect it, and it's happening at very different times when I'm engaged in different types of activity, I have a lot of pleasure in having many hyphens. 
mean by that? Like, yeah, multi-hyphen like, it. There's like yeah, this and like that. Like, yeah, it's very much this and that. And so sometimes I feel most creative when I'm baking or cooking. Um, and I, I feel especially creative when I can be inventive with what is just in, in the fridge um, or in my pantry and not necessarily having to rely on a recipe or certainly reading the recipe, breaking about half the rules. Totally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what I do too. Um, yeah. And I, that's actually, I'm really excited about your book because <laughs> it's like, I can't wait to be inspired and then also to do my own thing, right? Totally. And add, add more hyphens to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's that. Um, it's also like, I also find a lot of creativity when I look at something and look at the the brilliance and then also can think of how it could even be tweaked. Mm-hmm. Um, so for instance, I sometimes will edit copy for folks to uh, to really help them crystallize what exactly they want to say. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, spot the bias in their language and mm-hmm. make it a really great point to engage in conversation around mm-hmm. how bias shows up. Mm-hmm. in a very very subtle way mm-hmm. um and then it becomes healing um for everyone involved um mm. and, and very just it's yeah so I would say for me when I feel clear in my mm. head and clear in my heart that's when I'm that's when I'm engaging in creativity mm. and, and I don't know if, it, if it's like I mean really was it the chicken or the egg like I don't know like is it because I'm being creative that helps me return to a clear heart or is it because I have a clear heart, I can engage in something creative? I don't know. Um, but but those those things are very important in, in that process. Mm-hmm. I, I It feels even relieving to hear you describe being creative in copywriting and editing and helping other people reveal bias. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, would you do that? Like, that just feels so great. Like, I... I that sense of like a veil or a blanket or a heaviness coming off so you can see your bias is like such a gift. <laughs> it's like, wow, yeah. thank you for, for doing that, but also revealing like, oh yeah, what a beautiful form of healing that is. I can feel it even as you're describing it. And and that um, kind of upwards, outwards, sideways, very like what I would call like ventral vagal, like we're pronking mm. here because it's like, oh my gosh. This has been revealed to me, and now I can move forward with more enthusiasm, more freedom, um, yeah. just more confidence. I can see how that in itself offers an opportunity of creativity to other people as well. It's like very exciting. Thank you. Yeah, it, it's, and I love how you use, you use the word freedom because it is, it's liberating our language, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's like, noticing how our language is loaded with energies that have been historically inherited Mm. you know because a lot of these things are old um Mm. you know it came out in a time where that was the norm and it was accepted and unexamined and now we're in a time where people are wanting to disrupt that norm but because we, we we use the words that we use all the time. And it's not necessarily even harmful. I'm going to share with you the funniest little story about my conversation with my son. Okay. So so my son, he's seven, um, my, my, my baby. You know, I, have, I have two kids and, and yeah, my younger one, he's seven. 
and he, I think you would really like him. And I think I can't wait for him to read your book because <laughs> he loves being in the kitchen. That's his oh, great. favorite thing. So he's been making um, his own chocolate bars Ooh. and his own mocktails. Um, so he'll come into and the kitchen's usually very sticky as a result. <laughs> he's playing with syrups and such. Yeah. So, you know, he'll he'll make his little concoction and then he'll actually make his own paper umbrellas as like the little garnish. Yeah. Um, and his paper umbrellas are not functional. He'll literally just draw with pencil crayon a flat two <laughs> two-dimensional umbrella. <laughs> then cut it out of paper, then tape it to um, a toothpick and then just sort of like have it hang out there. But anyway, so I said to him, I was like, hey, Keo, at the end of the day, I think you might be a recipe tester, or a recipe creator. And he looks at me and he's like, at the end of the day, no, no, no. It'll be the start of the day because at the end of the day, I'm going to bed. And I was like, whoa, that was a lesson for me. My language does not make sense to him. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that's just an example. It's like, it's clarity, right? That mm-hmm. clarity of heart, clarity of mind. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love and how he was like, no, I am aligning yeah. this with the energy <laughs> of I'm not waiting. I no, I'm not waiting. Now. It's like, I'm going to bed. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. Do you do any rituals around creativity, like to maybe either get into or harness creative flow? I would say that because I consider all my work technically generative and creative and and regenerative in a way, um, I start my day. This is after my my kids are off to school. Um, I start my day with tea. Um, I share tea with uh, the energies in my homes. I have a few altars and I tend to my altars. I, it's, I don't know how to start my day without doing those two, two things mm-hmm. first. Um, but then there's also other points because sometimes you talked about this. It's like this like shifting of gears. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like that's like the one thing I do because sometimes if I'm shifting tasks, I need to kind of move a little bit and do something else before I can start that new task. Mm-hmm. And that might be when I'm like watering the garden or when I engage in like, you know, a very, very intentional 10 minute space of total silence, mm. silence within myself. Um, you know, of course, I can't control the, the, the sounds around me mm. um, or even just like tend to my home in a very conscious, uh, aware way where it's mm. like, hi, home, how are you doing? Mm. And I say this because I sort of going back to the crone. Our homes are our wombs. Like we live in this space. A lot of birthing takes place, literal birthing maybe, and then even figurative birthing comes out of the home. So our home is very like vaginal and very womb-ish. And so sometimes I'll have to just ask, like, you know, are you, are, am I caring for you? Am I taking mm-hmm. care of you properly? Um, do, you, do you need something? Do you need anything? Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like that's part of it because if I don't do that, then, then I feel like I'm not honoring um, the space where I am creative. Mm, 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 that's such a beautiful um, and poetic, lyrical way of putting that. It's funny because as you started talking about shifting energies, I, what popped into my head is I do a 10-minute tidy up. 
because yeah. my place might just be like total chaos yes, which it often is because I'm like oh, it's really hard for me to like end one task and go to the next I'm like oh but I'm still working on that or whatever but I need one space where I just go like I start on the left and I move to the right and I'm like a whirling dervish for <laughs> 10 yeah. minutes and just clear it. it whether it's my desktop um or my kitchen counter or the living room with the foyer it's like I need one space where I just go and just shift the energy there. And it is, it's cleaning up my home. It's tending to my home. It'd be like, I need like 10 minutes of just really tending. I'm not doing it as like womb-like as you are in that kind of way. But now I'm like, oh, maybe I'll be a little gentler about that. Maybe I'll like light my candle first or like put some aromatherapy onto it. As I'm whirling around, it's at least more fun. <laughs> you know? I love how you talked about cleanup. Um, I talked about this in my magic of tea series um my magic of tea series um it's it's a hybrid series where there's folks that are tuning in via um, live stream and there's also folks who come to uh this tea house in vancouver called o5 mm. um and it's very very intimate you know with the maximum of 10 live stream and 10 folks in person and um our last one was about befriending change and i talked i want to talk about this a little bit which i think would help you understand why you you clean Mm-hmm. Okay. So I also talked about this, I should say on my Substack, but I didn't actually explain why. And it was, it was meant to be a, you know, a teaser on the Substack. So, <laughs> so folks who want to come to my, my, my befriending change magic yeah. tea event. But anyway, um, why is cleaning so connected to creative flow? It's because remember how I talked about that negative space, which mm-hmm. is the yin. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, when we move the foreground, we're also changing the background. We're changing the negative space, which means that we're activating that yin energy so that oh. we can be receptive, <gasps> which is what we need to be in when we are creative. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I got chills all the way down the back of my body. Yes. Oh, I love that there's, I'm, I'm activating something in the unseen that I, that could come in and be received yeah. and there's space for it. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Mm, 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 mm. That makes 10-minute tidy-up seem like I, – sometimes I feel a little neurotic, so I really appreciate you like <laughs> making that much more romantic. Yeah. Okay, so the last question on the podcast is different since you're a return guest. So this mm. time the last question is, um, where are you finding joy and pleasure these days? For me, this particular time of the season – I would say I find so much joy in the kitchen. Um, it's it's this like desire to eat cooked foods, warm foods, soup, stews, broths, um, and then also, of course, sharing it with um, my family and even sharing it with uh, just random people that may pop into my day. Because um, I usually have a, a big, very big pot that is not quite enough that we can all consume or freeze. Um, and then the other bit is stories. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's associated with um, getting cozy for me. Mm-hmm. So it's like this importance of sharing stories, hearing stories, telling stories, creating stories. Um, yeah, it gives me a lot of pleasure. Mm. Oh, wow. I just want to 
snuggle on in. I feel excited. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, corn chowder. I got stuff I got to <laughs> make in the yeah. next while. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm super excited to do the Animism of Numerology with you, which is New Year. And I really appreciate all the wisdom that you shared today. And um, I'm sure that people will find a lot of richness and goodness when they go to your website and the show notes. We'll have all of the links there. But thanks for everything you shared today, Mimi. Thank you, Carmen. Okay, if you weren't excited for Witches New Year on October 15, 16 before, you are now, right? This has been such a fantastic preview. I cannot wait for Mimi's session on Sunday. Check out the show notes at numinouspodcast.com for the links to Mimi's courses mentioned in this episode. There's Chinese Astrology 1 and 2, and also the Mystery Mentorship, a way into the hidden through animism and the esoteric arts. Mm, so alluring. Join us the weekend of October 15th and 16th, 2022 for the Witch's New Year and hear Mimi talk about the animism of numerology for 2022. Listener shout out today. I want to say hello to someone in particular very dear to me. I want to say hello to Lynn, who is in Taiwan right now. I love you. I miss you. I'm worried about you, but I also believe in you. And I hope you're having a great time starting your gap year abroad, kiddo. Finally, remember that The Spirited Kitchen is available for pre-order online or from your local independent bookseller. Just ask them to bring it in. And then bring your receipt back to my website to receive your instant bonus downloads. Just go to the cookbook tab at carmenspaniola.com. Now, you might also be thinking, oh... You know, I don't really need to amplify for Carmen. I don't need to tell people or like post about it or put it in my own blog or newsletter because, or my own podcast, because Carmen's doing fine. She's got a great platform. She has a well-known podcast. Let me disabuse you of this notion, my friend. Every single voice matters when it comes to lifting up titles like this. And even if you don't think your people identify as witches, even if you think, oh, I just have a small private Instagram account, it's not going to go anywhere. Think of it as like dosing the field, the morphogenetic field. We're helping to normalize that these kinds of anti-capitalist, anti-imperialist, anti-white supremacist, spiritual books are wanted and needed. So every time you post on your own timeline or on Facebook or write about it in your blog, it's like a radicalized angel gets its wings. And if you want to be part of the cookbook coven, uh, that which was a name chosen already before Mimi's coven. Anyway, <laughs> if you want to join me in my efforts to bring the Spirit of the Kitchen out into the world and you want some bonuses, there's a bunch of bonuses. It's You should be on my newsletter. Get on my newsletter at carmenspaniola.com and the cookbook coven is going to be announced very soon. And one of the bonuses I'm so excited about, you're going to get a little book of my Christmas cookies, my nine recipes for my Christmas cookies. You'll get like a little booklet with all the recipes where I love them, how awesome they are, the ones I've been making for like over a decade. And um, you'll get all of that just for posting and providing an honest review of the Spirited Kitchen once you get it in your hot little hands after October 31st. So get on my newsletter to um, be part of the cookbook coven and um, help amplify and let people know about it. You just go to my new my website at carmenspaniola.com c a r m e n 
S-P-A-G-N-O-L-A. Sign up for the newsletter and you'll hear all about it. Till next time, take care.